and welcome to the year we started a podcast. It's a podcast born Phoenix-like from the ashes of last year's podcast. That's the podcast from 2020. Uh, I am your co-host, Jeff. And I'm your other co-host, Nick. Nick, what is the thing that I used to say that was like the wrong name of our podcast? Because it's so burned into my brain now, and I have actually messed it up one other time recently. But I say the year we started a podcast, there was some dumb word that I, I stuck in there. What what Like, what did I do? Um... Oh, I, I don't I, know. The year, it was the year that we started a podcast. Yeah. That's, oh, the, yes, yes. Yes. You did that. I think I stopped you from doing one intro because you did, said that. I yeah. Think, and, and you know what? That That is why we still have you on the show. Uh, anyway. It's the only thing I've contributed. So. <laughs> yes. This, that, and then remembering at that time. Okay. Uh, well, actually, I remembered it. You just happened to remember why it happened. Okay. This is our podcast where a couple of friends, half a continent apart, that would like to come together and talk about some of the things that are fun and interesting to us. Nick, this week uh, has been an interesting week as far as podcast recording has gone for me. I actually uh, guested on a football uh, podcast. Yeah. The, how was that? It was really good. Like, I really enjoyed it. I It was uh, a about uh, in in some part about the Super Bowl being that this was recorded right after the Super Bowl, which I might have mentioned. I don't know on the main show or definitely in the Patreon. Obviously, we talked a lot about it. But uh, I I'm a Chiefs fan, and it uh, so wasn't your favorite time to record a podcast about the Super Bowl. Maybe. Anyways, this was for the Pigskin Party podcast, which I had signed up to uh, represent the Chiefs. Uh, fandom uh, back maybe I don't know six uh, eight I don't know a few months I don't even know it's it's been a hot minute since I signed up to do that uh, however it was a very timely thing because I was going to record on that podcast as the Chiefs fan and the the co-host is actually w- uh, a really big Tom Brady fan uh, which did not work so out in my favor that, Nick <laughs> oh no did it not I was going to ask you like does oh okay. But yeah, if you go search uh, the Pigskin Party podcast uh, hosted by uh, Brian McFadden and Will Brady, that's not his actual name, but he's a big enough Brady fan at this point that I feel like at some point, if not already, he will have changed his last name uh, to the new surname of Brady. Uh, but yeah, their their most That's recent fair. episode at the time of this uh, release will be me uh, talking either about... Carson Wentz trade rumors in the NFL and the Chiefs' future and the the Super Bowl itself, or uh, they have also a less NFL focused uh, episode released every Friday where we actually talked about a lot of other things like uh, like drumming and stuff. <laughs> so nice, yeah, go check it out. Quite the the juxtaposition of topics, but it was a good time and I really enjoyed it. Uh, thank you uh, to Brian for uh, having me on the show. It was a good time. But Nick. That said, we recorded yesterday at the time of this recording at 7.30 my time, which somehow, I, and I feel like this like ties right back into how good I am at directions and living my life on autopilot, despite <laughs> the fact that we have recorded at, before this 15 straight weeks at the exact same time slot. It uh-huh. only took one time. Uh, being recorded at a different time for a different podcast for me to uh, really rush to get on. And like, I was, I was like, man, I feel like I'm really rushing getting my kids to bed, <laughs> like <laughs> trying to like get through dinner real quick, get down in so, time to come talk to stinking Nick. 
You texted me while I was walking my dog and I had, uh, I'm like listening to an audio book and I'm like, what are you getting online for? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's just, why. just me, the idiot. <laughs> just, <laughs> oh man. Um, but no, Nick, that's not the real intro topic that I want to talk about. I mean, that's just really to uh, emphasize how, how poorly I How competent am. we are. Yeah. We, you, me, we are, we am professionals. We do professional Yep. Uh, specifically me, uh, realizing any sort of contextual clues as to like what is going on in my life other than the complete autopilot that I live every second of my life. Nick, I want to talk, and this was actually a, uh, a topic that was suggested by Brian a couple weeks ago, I feel like, uh, wh- whose podcast I've now guested on. But it was about nostalgia, and I... I don't really know exactly where to go with nostalgia as a broad topic because, again, as mentioned, we're not exactly the the smartest people in the world. But I do want to talk about a specific kind of nostalgia, and that, Nick, is food nostalgia. Okay. And so so here's here's the deal, Nick. I have two things that do not exist anymore that I would like to talk about. I would like to know if you have anything that is in that same uh, category. Uh, so if you have anything right off the top, uh, you know, I, I'm more than willing to turn the floor over to you to talk about that. Yeah, like a food or, that I miss that, that used to be around but isn't? Exactly. Yes. I do not. I you don't do, have don't? any that, Oh, man. Well, uh, I know. I'm sorry. If, if you get inspired as I'm talking about this. Yeah, um, yeah. I, off, off the top of the dome, I don't have anything. Maybe something will come to me. But, but do your th- let me know about your two. What are your two? <laughs> so uh, the first one, and I want – I we've mentioned before, Nick, I love the early internet. And so I not so only – I'm not only going to talk about this, but I'm going to read a post that I think is from like at least 10 years ago. They did a re-release of the – Doritos black pepper jack tortilla chips. Have you ever had Nick? This would have been you would have been fairly young. Oh, I, I keep saying this as if you're like you're so much younger than me. You're a <laughs> solid like three years older than me, Jeff. Yeah. Don't get, you're acting like all right. I know you were a baby then. You were literally coming out of the womb. But no, uh, no, I don't think I've had the black pepper jack tortilla chips, which probably speaks to my insane youth. Okay. Yeah, it probably does. But no, okay, so Nick, I, I'm i not one to like really, you know, be super obsessed with the random, you know, promotional, uh, you know, flavors of things and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, I, I'm certainly not going to buy into it just because I think that it is, uh, you know, a, the new cool thing. Nick, freaking black pepper jack tortilla chips from Doritos were the absolute, <laughs> like, I, I it had, like... It was, it was not a flavor problem. This was a branding problem. I don't know what they should have done differently. I'm not a marketer uh, by any stretch, but it didn't resemble Pepper Jack. Uh, it, uh, well, I mean, it, the 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 flavor like lining up with this name was not the problem. Nick, they, they could have called this freaking Mountain Amazing Salt. Like it wouldn't have like whatever would have been the right words to describe this thing whatever got it to be sold was fine because the flavor speaks for itself. Like it was so stinking good. My wife actually is even more passionate about this than me, which might be, uh, that may seem impossible. Damn. Damn. uh, How I feel about this. But no, it was, it was at the right time. It was like early on in us dating and actually moving in together right before we got married. And 
make I, I don't even I can't even tell you how many bags of black pepper jack Doritos that I've, <laughs> I've consumed in my life but for their very very short lifetime that has to be in the upper percentile oh uh, my god but Dude, I'm gonna it, oh, go ahead uh, just, just the, the picture looks good I will tell you but I also love that this this uh this website you found so you said it's got to be at least hey, you, 10 years you old. You clicked this. <laughs> yeah, I, you, you linked it on our show notes. Uh, so, okay. The the website you found for this, this looks like it's out of the 90s. This doesn't look like... <laughs> it is. Like, this, this this particular website, review was published in 2004. Like, I don't remember... Like, okay. I, yeah, like if you scroll down at the bottom, like this this is a 2004 article. So oh, I like it. A good it. 17 years old, which I feel like is appropriate. Like that, honestly... That would have been about the time that my wife and I started talking. So, I'm not going to click on it, but I want to let you know that twice on here it says you can buy Doritos on Amazon. Which, first off, is it, are there people who buy Doritos on Amazon? Nick, <laughs> if this was sold on Amazon, the, the answer oh. to that would be unequivocally the, the, yes. It would be <laughs> like, at least one person would buy Doritos on Amazon. Actually, that ad is on here three times. And I just want to say, like, I don't know if this guy updated his 2004... <laughs> Add you know what? I'm, I'm clicking it. I'm, I'm yeah, taking the right. risk. We're doing it. Uh, nope. Taking just crunch to another cheese. level. Nope. No, no. It it's... just gives you a, a broad, yeah, okay. None of these but... are the right ones. Okay, I'm going to read this to you, Nick. So, oh, my God. <clears throat> the black pepper jack tortilla chips, which uh, I feel like they you, should... You started I... off there very seriously. <laughs> I Well, you know, it is a serious thing. You know, in our our pre-show, we talked about some serious topics. We're talking about some serious topics now, too. I agree. I agree. Uh, For once, biting into a Dorito doesn't actually have to taste like every other flavor of Doritos we've had, which I feel like is – I mean, you're just lumping all over – Like, I mean, nacho cheese and Cool Ranch Dorito as the same thing. Yeah. No, no. That's... Which, to be fair, I would say there's, like, a solid likelihood that those are the only two flavors of Dorito that I've really had. But, like, those two are very distinct, right? Like, I'm not crazy. Those two are very distinct. So. Yeah, in the same sense that I feel like eating a pickle and a cheeseburger are distinct things. I mean, you can have <laughs> them together and they're delicious things. <laughs> but, like, they're not the same flavor. That's um, fair. Okay. This is, all right, 2004, here we go. We started out with that first sentence. Doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense, but we're getting deeper into it. Okay. If you lick the chip first, it tastes like you had dipped your tortilla chip into a bowl of cheese sauce. Much more pronounced than the nacho cheese variety, which doesn't taste like nacho cheese. Doritos? I mean, you're, (laughs) this is... I, I like. I assume that this isn't just some random person. I mean, I guess maybe this is a random person I just reviewing really this, like, but I just really like this review. This is a really, really good review. If, if you, you lick the chip first, if you if you lick your artisanal Doritos chip first, you'll uh-huh. notice that it does not taste like you know the artisanal cheese sauce. Uh, you know, obviously that's not what the nacho cheese flavor tastes like. Of course. Um, <clears throat> It's tough to taste the black pepper, although there is a bit of a bit of kick afterwards. A very good flavor. We hope they continue this flavor and not make it a limited edition flavor. Spoiler alert, that's what happened. Uh, so, they didn't listen to, to taquitos.net. <laughs> they did not. And I feel like if they would have gone deeper and they would have read a little bit further into this, they would have maybe been a little bit more open to it because, Nick, here's the smell test. The smell test. Okay. Smell test. They smell like corn-flavored Doritos, nothing like pepper at all. 
Which, Ooh, that's a rough one. It's a rough that, one. Like, man. You gotta distinguish it. You like, gotta distinguish it with the smell, right? Yeah, old Colony Market, Southborough, Massachusetts. If you're gonna write a review in which you say we hope they continue this flavor and not just make it a limited edition, but then you freaking follow that with the smell test of they smell like corn flavored Doritos, nothing like pepper at all. Like, come on, dude. Do your part. You might have been why this went extinct. You jerk. <sighs> Anyways. Uh, I mean, the rest we've, of it's we've pretty dug up old. We've dug up old wounds for Jeff, my <laughs> yeah. friends. I, I apologize to all of our listeners who have to hear Jeff get into a very personally offensive topic to him. I didn't realize what we were doing today. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the rest of it's not super interesting. Doritos, tortilla chips combine the bold taste of black pepper, pepper jack cheese to bring yeah, you yeah, a great yeah, flavor, blah, blah, blah. Market speak, yada, yada. Blah, 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 www.doritos.com. So that that is a thing, though, that has been wait, wait, hold on. Let me, long let me, gone. Let me tell you the one thing that, that you missed from that uh, from the package thing is uh, for more great flavors and cool happenings, check out mm. www.doritos.com, which is a normal thing that a normal human being who has interacted with another human being before would decide to write of their own free will. I mean, doritos.com <laughs> was almost the Reddit of uh, today. I, uh, that was the Reddit That's, of the, the early 2000s. I, I have heard from a very reliable source that that is where all of the cool happenings are. So that, I mean, <laughs> if, if their flavor is to be anything uh, relied upon, I would say <laughs> oh, that, is, that is as reliable as it comes. Yeah, so Doritos, Black Pepper Jack, Tortilla Chips. Uh, if anybody knows any place that still has... Because I feel like the shelf life on these bad boys has to be like... <laughs> Like 20 50, years. 50 years, Nick. <laughs> I, I feel like it's 50. You can get yourself a nice supply until you're a, an old man. You're so, but you, you know what? If it's only 20, we're still good because they did a re-release of it like back in 2008. So if they can... Oh. If, if there's... I mean, I, I, mean, I don't want to be too forward here, but if there's anything that anybody could ever support me in any endeavor I could ever do, I, a bag of these Doritos... <laughs> would be literally <laughs> chief among all options. Like this is I, I miss this flavor so dang bad. Uh Doritos black pepper jack tortilla chips. If you could sponsor this show, uh like I, I I'll oh make it happen. I'll make it worth your while. I know you will. I know you will. But almost as much of that Nick, did you ever did you ever have Altoids? Like the Altoid Sours? I I have I've had Altoids. Have yes. you had like the little I, I'm, sour I'm, things? Like the like they were I don't know like a they kind of like the shaped of a what it, like whatever the D and D dice is that's like the spirally one. Jeff Altoid sours. Yeah, yeah Altoid dude. sours. Yeah, you've had Altoid Jeff. sours. Jeff, you're you're asking me this. I feel like you know Altoids are still around, right? But not are the sours still around? I don't. I actually don't know that. That's fair. But I don't like think the, they are. I know the ones you're talking about. The ones that look like, they look like rock candy almost, but they're like not as uh, sticky looking. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, like those are gone. I think I've only um, ever seen the crappy regular mint Altoids. As like, I googled this, the Google image thing says, "What happened to Altoid sours? Where can what? I buy Altoid sours?" I don't even so, know what happened. Are they available? Are they on Amazon? Nick, I'll buy I, them on Amazon right I, now. I know you will. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know offhand. Uh, I'm going to eBay. Reportedly discontinued in 2010. We, Jeff, this can't just be an episode where you're eBaying old foods. <laughs> Altoid sours or Doritos black pepper. So, so there's um. So I'm the kind of person who puts Altoids in my in like the center console of my car. 
But mm-hmm. the problem is that I do that as like a, oh, what if I have like a lunch and I can't brush my teeth and like I just need a breath mint or whatever, right? And so there's like a 50% chance that the Altoids thing, or there's three options. So there's a 33% chance that the Altoids in my thing are new and they're fine. There's a 33% chance that the Altoids thing in my car is empty and has been empty for six months. Or there's a 33% chance that that same pack of Altoids has been in my car sitting and I've just never used it for four years. It's just one of those three things. Uh, <laughs> that's, okay. that's my relationship with Altoids. I like Altoids a lot. I just I always have a, a, a case. It's just you know not clear whether it's, whether it's okay to eat or if there's anything in it. It's just, yeah. Okay, speaking of not being okay or not being sure whether or not it's okay to eat, and liking Altoids a lot. I really, really freaking liked the Altoid Sours. I have now gone on eBay. Nick, have you have you checked out the the options on eBay? The yet? Altoid Sour uh, uh, eBay. Let me option? let me yeah, just tell you, you. You don't need to check it out. I'll I'll I'll, I'll let you know. Who doesn't know about the Altoid Sour eBay market? Everybody it's, knows about that. Why don't you tell me what you found? Uh, so it's kind of like uh, Gen One uh, first edition Pokemon cards, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, you can buy the uh, the four pack of you know what what you could get back in the day of the tangerine, citrus, raspberry, and apple sours. Uh, one one of each, Nick, for the low low price of three hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Do you at least get like a holographic Charizard with it, or no? Or <laughs> um, no. However, uh, if you want to get them sealed, Nick. Oh there, no! You that's, can, you're you're really asking for a lot there. To be honest, if you want to get two sealed packs of citrus sours, uh, you may end up paying. I mean, this one right here is nine thousand dollars. They've what? sold eleven of them. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like. I felt like my nostalgia ran a, deep with these. I did not realize how deep there, this ran with other people too. Is there like a secret like wine connoisseur uh, in like subculture out there? Except like Altoid connoisseur, and everyone's like, "Oh, uh, allow me to open my two thousand eight citrus sours." Oh, two thousand eight was such a great year for these. I, I I think that might be the uh, the wine equivalent for uh, millennials. Uh, I'm not like, even hating on on people who like. A, a rare old wine or anything. I'm just or, saying, like, or rare Pokemon cards either. Not yeah, on me, either. yeah, exactly. I just I don't understand. Is do you think anyone's actually spent nine thousand dollars on one of these? I I can't imagine that's actually gone. No, I, nine thousand is crazy. Although I will say, Nick, I'm not going to do it. But uh, buying one of these for ninety nine dollars for just the one can of one of the random flavors that's not worth it, Jeff. I, that's not worth I, it. I, I'm not saying it's worth it, but I am saying I did think about it. <laughs> Jeff, send me fifty dollars. I'll send you a pack of Altoids. It's close enough. <laughs> I'll split the difference. <laughs> close enough. Oh man, we have uh, some other things to talk about. Believe it or not. Uh, before, <laughs> before we get into – before I uh, share our sponsor for the show, I do want to say uh, this is a thing that I will care about quite a lot. Nick, we are going to have before our next uh, episode releases. Yes. The Perseverance rover is going to land <laughs> gracefully or not on the the planet of Mars after a journey starting back in July of last year. It is scheduled to land on February 
the 18th at noon your time, 2 o'clock my time. And I've already taken the afternoon off. I'm going to watch the frick out of this. Uh, like I've I'm said before, it, yeah. there's a very good chance that I cry during it. I'm very happy to be comfortable in that fact. I, I'm so freaking stoked for this thing. I've been looking for it for a long time. As I mentioned in another podcast, both of my kids' names are engraved on, I don't even know what it is, something on this, uh, this uh, spacecraft. And it's going to land on Mars. And I, I'm hoping for the best. Obviously, there's a lot of things that can go wrong in this sort of thing. Uh, turns out not a whole lot of precedence for landing on a planet. But uh, optimistic, Nick. We've done we've had a, had a good track record so far. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I will, again, I'll talk more about it, assuming that it is a, a fun and interesting thing to talk about. Uh, what it happens. is. It is. But I did want to say it because, like, I'm promoting it. Like, it, this is this is the biggest thing that since we've started this podcast as far as space news goes. So uh, check it out Thursday at noon, uh, Nick time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 o'clock yeah. Eastern, 2 Central, blah, 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 et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And I guarantee you, you can find it anywhere. Like, it'll be all over Reddit. It'll be... Just Google it. Like you'll find many a live stream of this happening. It's going to be a super super awesome time. If you've never watched either a shuttle launch live or a uh, something like this landing live, it is a genuinely cool experience. You have to like if you can take the time to do it. I know it's in the middle of the day and everybody has stuff going on, but I promise you, it is worth it. It is so stinking cool. So. Uh, as of listening to this, if you listen to it on Monday, uh, that this Thursday, noon Pacific, three Eastern, two o'clock my time, I'll be, uh, sitting at home in my basement watching it. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited. So I, I wanted to get that in nothing really to talk about at this point. I am literally on pins and needles to make sure this thing lands safely, but, uh, want to let everybody know. For the second week in a row, we'd like to thank our sponsor of this week's episode, Santa Cruz Mountain Essentials. You can check out their clothing line at scmessentials.com. As we mentioned last week, in addition to awesome clothing, you can also support a nonprofit of your choice and plant a tree. But if that was not enough, you can also support both SCM Essentials and our podcast and save a few bucks by using Tywasap at checkout. That's T-Y-W-S-A-P, the year we started a podcast. It will save you 10% at checkout. We are absolutely honored to be supporting the SCME brand as they support uh, One Tree Planted as well as other nonprofits. Again, at checkout, use T-Y-W-S-A-P to save 10%. Thank you so much for Santa Cruz Mountain Essentials for supporting our show. Okay, so Jeff, this weekend... My uh, family was out of town doing a different thing, uh, doing a family thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so my parents left their dogs, uh, who are two slightly older golden retrievers, at home and needed someone to come over and watch them. So I did that, and I brought them over and watched them. And um, this this is just a quick story for our listeners. I feel bad that I'm not engaging Jeff, but he's going to laugh, so it's fine. (laughs) So take these two dogs out, Lambert and Chase are their names, because, you know, old people dog names. 
And I took him on a walk, and I don't know my parents' neighborhood very well or know the other dogs or anything like that. But there's a part of this walk that I took them on where there's not really a sidewalk. You're just kind of like in the, you know, next to the curb, and the curb is right up against bushes. And so as I'm here, uh, a neighbor, my parents, opens their door, and their little poodle mix looking thing like it's a very small white dog but i didn't think it was actually a poodle itself but you know poodle looking mix comes running out and uh the owner comes running out too and she's like oh moxie moxie stop don't bug them and you know not wanting to accidentally drag this dog away from the owner by like continuing on with my walk i stop and uh the owner doesn't seem to doesn't uh, reach to pick up the dog. She just apologized really nicely and politely and starts asking me questions about the dogs and making small talk and stuff while her dogs and her dog and my dog are sniffing each other and whatever else. So she keeps getting like kind of dragged into the que- like her questions about the dogs. She's like, oh, they're so beautiful. How old are they? Whatever. And I look over as she's saying this and not paying attention at all and has had no interest in like picking up her dog. And I- so I assume that the dog is probably totally fine off its leash just talking uh, you know the reason i say is that i look over and my parents dog uh chase has started to pee on the bush next to the curb at which point uh little moxie the little neighbor's poodle um walks into the stream oh <laughs> oh <laughs> the drama the drama no, it's, it's not, it wasn't dramatic she 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 react she didn't even react like a normal human being would she's just like moxie get out of there and i like pulled my i pulled chase away and stopped him from peeing but like she my dog peed on her the dog and then the, the little dog like came up to me and like i'm like you know i just pet it but like i kind of backed away the dog was now covered in pee and she's like oh is she wet i'm not sure what you're supposed to say when someone asks is the dog wet is their dog wet after the dog walked oh, into another man. dog stream of pee oh my gosh <laughs> Uh, I saw I in the most awkward way possible was like I don't want to check. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> that like uh, that keys into like my social anxiety so hard. <laughs> what <laughs> I do you even... do? I, I like apologize, uh, and then I realize like what am I apologizing for? Her dog ran around ran out here and was sniffing around. I can't like control when my dog pees. <laughs> Hey, do 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 you know any uh, nice places to move to? <laughs> that's what I'm looking for right now. <laughs> we, we can trade. We can trade. I'll, I'll I'll move away, and you take my spot. Oh my god! I'm trying to think of any analog for this story because, like, it it really is, like that is. Um, uh, what do you what man. do you do with the conversation from there? If you're me, Jeff, do you go okay? Bye. <laughs> Is that you say bye? I don't freaking know, Nick. That is so bad. That is so bad. And also, I felt like a really bad person for not wanting to touch this now pee-covered dog because, like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to touch the dog. (laughs) I don't even know. I like I'm I'm grasping at straws here as to yeah. like how how like what in my life can I tie this to to be able to give any meaningful or actual like response to how I would react. And There's the answer nothing. is it would be <laughs> on the fly and it would be <laughs> poor P O O R with the caps and the period at the end. Like There's, it would be not good. 
It's, I, I don't know what, what, what I was supposed to do from there, man. I felt so uncomfortable until eventually, like, yeah, I got rescued. Yeah, you don't say. I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> At the same I time. I feel uncomfortable listening to this story. <laughs> what, what made this dog need to walk the, the, the dog knows how dogs pee. <laughs> Oh man! So can I? Okay, <laughs> this is this is an update from a prior awkward thing. Oh, uh, remember the story about the neighbor where he ate our food and it was super awkward, and then we never actually got him dinner and that was super awkward, and uh, don't really know how to interact with neighbors. Good. This right. sounds familiar. Remember. Yep. Okay. I do. I'm sorry. I'm clearing my throat because I laughed so hard. <laughs> <laughs> no. So yeah. Uh, that that our relationship has grown, Nick. Turns oh, out, turns out he has a twenty-year-old daughter. We've been looking for a uh, a, a reliable uh, sitter so that Katie can actually focus on her job during the day. Now that okay. she works, and uh, but no, uh, we needed somebody to help on Mondays and Fridays, and she is a nanny that works Tuesdays through Thursdays, and was looking for somebody for Mondays and Fridays. So it freaking worked out, Nick. Our absolutely ridiculously awkward selves uh, have managed to find somebody who can help. I can us tell out. you, you, you must one. I I don't believe that you you said our ridiculously awkward selves. You meant your ridiculously awkward self because I know that Katie saved this situation, <laughs> not you. <laughs> Look, I love look, you, Nick. I love you. We but, uh, <laughs> we had these kids. We had these fair. kids. We have this house. We have this situation. This That's is fair. this is a very we thing. I will uh, also tell you that that could never happen to me. This this woman, if I ever see this woman in her in her tiny dog again, I will just I'll just turn around. Like I don't care where I am. I'll just leave. I'll walk a different direction from my parents' house if that's what it takes. <laughs> that kind of Gosh, thing will never oh, happen to me. Man, I'm so awkward, Nick. I I have pretended to read my phone and not gotten on the elevator with other people before because I just don't want to be on the elevator with other like, people. I can't do that. I, oh, I don't know how gosh. to navigate that social circumstance. I, I should just, just not be in it. Just not be in uh, it. <laughs> I'm just, I have this really important text I need to make. Uh, it's so important uh, I can't do it on the elevator. <laughs> nope, because that might require me to say good morning, and that's too much. It's too much. That's a step too far. Ah, <laughs> oh, frick. Okay, Nick, we have had many topics that are sports-related, some of which have even been NBA-related. Uh, yes. I think I think mo- the, the main one that we spent the most amount of time was on our Patreon-only podcast, but um, we certainly haven't made any – you haven't been shy about the fact that you are well, – we talked about some championship stuff. So, Nick, mm-hmm. you, you like NBA stuff. I like NBA stuff, but you obviously follow it a lot closer than I and are much more knowledgeable on the topic – uh, this week you, you have though something that, uh, that I also am pretty interested in. So you want to, you want to talk to our listeners about what you're going to talk about today? Okay. So I am basically just going to give, I don't know how to put it. I'm not, I'm not trying to make an argument explicitly, but I think that somehow the most well-covered NBA player of all time, Michael Jordan is still underappreciated. Wait, who? This Michael is okay. So okay, he used to play for the Chicago Bulls um, and the Wizards. He was mostly known for his Wizards days um, and what, his White Sox what, days. Um, yeah, he was, I yeah, the baseball player. 
Yeah. Yep. Yep. Multi-sport athlete. Um, very important to his, his legacy as the multi-sport athlete part of it. Uh, Michael Jordan. So uh, last year, uh, Michael Jordan documentary came out. For all of our non-sports fans, listeners, I apologize. I don't know if this is going to translate as perfectly for you guys. But, but you know, stick, stick around. I, I feel like people don't understand how incredibly all-around dominant Michael Jordan was. And I don't think that people understand how long he was so dominant for or how consistently dominant he was. Because we compare him to his contemporaries, and I think all of his contemporaries, especially modern ones, are flawed. And I say that as a big Laker fan and a big Kobe fan and a big Magic fan and whatever else. But yeah, all those guys are flawed. And, uh, you know, Jordan, Larry, Magic, all flawed. Or sorry, LeBron, Larry, Magic, all flawed. I don't think, I, I kind of just don't think that Jordan is flawed. I think his whole resume is basically like as good as an athlete's can get. Do you uh, feel sorry. like that this is more of a, uh, a playoff slash championship perspective that you're giving here where you say that? Or do you feel like just g- generally his career compared to contemporaries and people nowadays? Um, so I, I would say, and most people I assume would, would agree at least ostensibly that the playoffs are more important and how you do in the playoffs and how your team performs in the playoffs is relevant. But I think that we've kind of come to a point with, uh, with like good NBA discourse, which is to say not, um, certain TV commentators, uh, Mm -hmm. where it's, where people know that there's more to the story than just like how many times you got a ring, right? Yeah, um, I, I assume that's the same way for football, right? Like people, I know people think very highly of Brady, but I imagine a lot of that has to do with Brady's performance on getting to those those Super Bowl wins, right? Oh, Nick, we can't, we can't get into this. <laughs> I know. No, you're 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 right. I mean, he he is great more than because it's just the championships. Although it doesn't hurt, it doesn't hurt. So I think that there's a difference between just getting a championship and performing like crazy on your way to the championship. Do you know what I mean? I. Well, and I also say, you know, not to, not to rip my own wounds open uh, too deeply. I know I didn't need to do this. Yeah. The no, 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 it's okay. The fact that Tom Brady was able to go to an entirely new team and with an entirely new system, and still play at the level he did this year at age forty, freaking three, <laughs> is ridiculous, and one of the best sports seasons i've ever witnessed and probably will ever witness in my life like right. that is really anyway sorry i i can't be caught no. too much uh on record praising brady but uh that <laughs> i i do feel like it is it is you know it, it is fair to give him his due there because that is ridiculous no totally but anyways, and, go I, ahead. Uh, and I, I also i don't mind that uh coming up because i do think that when we're talking about this, we're talking really about the, the, the highest echelons of greatness for, for in sport, right? So we're not really just talking about how many points did somebody score. And we're not talking about things that, that are... Like with, with Brady, I do think the comparison to Jordan is relevant because I think that when we're talking about the best players to ever do something, we have to be defining how do you measure that, right? It's very easy for me to talk about who the best shooter is of all time in basketball because it's like okay well Steph makes more threes than everyone else and shoots at a really high percentage what what do you want and yeah. uh but when we talk about absolute gr- like greatness i think that there is an understanding with people that 
um, winning is the most important thing for like or winning at the highest level, winning championships is the ultimate goal of basically any sports franchise, right? But yeah. what gets you to that is the kind of minutia of where you where people disagree. And I think that it needs to be kind of laid out early on that the important thing isn't just that they won, but that they are giving you opportunities to win and they are playing in a way that facilitates winning, right? And winning at the highest level. Because there is a difference between winning a lot of regular season games and winning, uh, you know, whatever percentage over your entire career. But there's a difference between that and winning every game or every playoff game in the case of football or winning every series in basketball. Is that, is that all like fair to say that like Brady is the kind of person who puts your team in a, cha- in a championship uh, contention when uh, like I, I choking is a, a really strong term when we're talking about the greatest ever, because if you're even in the conversation for it, if you're even a top 10 player in your specific field, you're probably not actually a choker. And that kind of thing is uh, too derogatory, but Brady is somebody who performs against the best defenses and has performed the best in the hardest of situations, right? He's not somebody who prescribe as a choker or anything like that, or struggles against certain I, kinds of defense. Or and again, I don't. <laughs> you, you're, you're so mean to me, Nick. I I'm just, sorry. I'm, I'm let, genuinely let me, sorry. Let me find my wounds and reopen them. No, I mean it doesn't have to be Brady. I, it could be like any of the the guys that you might consider a goat. Yeah, uh, I mean, any sport. It, it's okay. It, it, I mean, he's the best uh, comparison uh, that I've paid the most attention to. Literally, dang near my entire life <laughs> that I've enjoyed watching football, I've I've been in awe of what Brady has accomplished. Brady is the absolute opposite of choking like like and you want to the dude is the most competitive person and uh elevates to the highest level of competitiveness uh, the highest level of performance when he feels like this is on the line and right. i've witnessed it time and time again i mean he has the best super bowl comeback of all time it was wasn't just him like i want to uh, like to be clear it wasn't just yeah. him but I absolutely guarantee, especially this year, seeing how he had influenced this team, of which, like, freaking seemed like 50% of them weren't even on this team last year. Nobody who scored in the Super Bowl was on the Bucks team uh, last year. Just, like, to get that in perspective for you, it was very much like wow. a, I, I want to draw everybody around and let's do this. And right. some of those players were very good players, and some of those players were a little bit washed up on whatever teams they were on. But nonetheless, there is an undoubtable influence that Tom Brady has on people stepping up to the biggest moments because he himself thrives in that. And so, yeah, I I don't even know where we're going with the point there, but yeah, he, he certainly isn't one to uh, shy away from big moments. So let me let me dive into the Jordan stuff. Um, I'm not going to go into the uh, the narrative stuff, um, not because I don't think that that stuff's interesting or fun or important or whatever. It's it's all interesting and fun in its own ways. But it's it's one uh, the the Jordan narrative. There's an awesome ten part documentary on Netflix that will do a better <laughs> job of talking to you about that than I ever will. Right? Please so, go watch it too. Oh it's my so gosh! Cool. If you're yeah, listening to our so podcast cool. before watching uh, Last Dance, you absolutely are crazy. You need to go watch that immediately. But yeah, hundred percent. Okay. The reason that I think that Jordan is the best player of all time, which is, this this is not explicitly like a 
full case. I'm not going to try and I, I can't deep dive on all of this stuff on a podcast that isn't just a basketball podcast where we're just dedicating an hour and a half to just me talking about this crap. But I think Jordan's the best of all time. And I think the main reasons are just like a basically blemishless or about as about as unblemished resume as you could possibly have in terms of performing at the highest level against the best competition and actually performing. And the reason that matters is if you're an awesome player who shows up 98% of the time, but the 2% of the time you don't is against the best defenses and you just don't know how to figure it out and you just, you know, that, that's just tough for you. Well, great, dude, you you just described a player who doesn't win championships as consistently as Jordan because yeah. Jordan does. Jordan's offense was incredibly resilient. That's a term you'd hear in uh, like advanced stats nonsense is like resiliency uh, or inelastic offense or whatever. But basically Jordan's defense did not, or offense did not perform worse against the best defenses of all time, which by the way, he played against some of the absolute best defenses of all time. And it's basically no bad real series. Like I, I've looked at basically every series that anyone ever considers bad for him. And there's, there's four or there's three that people cite. And then there's a fourth one that I actually think is his worst series. That's not really talked about that much. And none of these are actually bad series. One of them maybe, but none of them are actually bad series. And I say that, all of his contemporaries, um, and his contemporaries in this, this context, I'll just talk real quickly about uh, LeBron, Larry, Larry Bird, and Magic as perimeter uh, offensive engines since the 80s and three-point three era and shot clock era and yada yada. Um, there's not really anyone else who's on that level. Uh, Kobe is like a step below that. Wade and Nash are a step below that. Uh, Steph, I think, actually is like kind of in that conversation, but it's for like too short of a time, and he's it's happening right now, so it's like it's kind of hard to compare. What was um, the what was the year that uh, the shot clock era started? Like, or I mean, the three point era. I'm an idiot. Um, 1980, 1980, uh, the first year that with a three point shot. When did Bird? What what was Bird's rookie? Bird year? and Magic. Bird and Magic are both uh, rookies in 1980, so they come into the league okay, literally right as. In- I couldn't remember yeah. if it was like right before or right at or right at, like yep, directly yep. after. But, but, okay, but that, it's, that's it, perfect. Yeah, it, it it it's not that the three point era is ex- like I don't think adding the three point shot is really like the thing that delineates modern versus older offenses. But I mean, I, honestly, as, if we're talking about perimeter players, which is what I wanted to focus on, um, because it's just hard to co- talk about Kareem and Bill Russell and Shaq and whoever um, compared to Jordan. Uh, yeah. there's not really any perimeter offensive engines in the 60s and 70s anyways. No. Yeah. So the the two things I'll dive in on with everybody here is that there are basically no really bad series with Jordan, and that meant that he was always priming his team to be to be in offensive contention. So or not offensive uh, in championship contention. If you, if you fielded a good team around Jordan, you were in contention for a championship, period, starting from the, the freaking year he entered the league. Uh, Jeff, you, you know what a good amount of points per game is. What do you think is like the worst points per game that Jordan ever had in a, in a playoff season? So like the to- uh, overall postseason. I mean, the thing is, is I'm a very big Jordan fan, so I don't want to under undershoot it. No, uh, you're, you're, you're fine. I, I don't care if you overshoot it or anything. I'm just like... So, so his worst points per game in a... Particular playoff series or the entire playoffs, would you say? Entire playoffs, entire playoffs. Entire playoffs. I can't, I can't find the particular playoff series. I'm sure that I am positive that it's a little bit lower, but it's not significant. Uh, 25. 
25. That's a, that's a really good guess. No, when he was a rookie, he had 29.3. Um, okay. But well, that, was, that was his worst. His, wor- his worst playoffs is 29 points per game. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's stupid, right? That is it's stupid. Crazy. So he still holds the record for most points per game in the, in the, in the uh, playoffs. And his other, uh, his other box score metrics don't dip in the playoffs either. He's still averaging six rebounds and six assists, which are both above average for a guard, or for a shooting guard, I should say. And, and in fact, I, I think they're both kind of elite for a shooting guard, but, you know, what, what do I know? Uh, but, yeah, like, the dude averages 33 points per game for the playoffs for his entire career. He never goes under 29 a game. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that's silly. That's crazy. 29 a game is dominant. Uh, uh, like, right now, I think this year, our uh we might have uh I actually i don't keep track of this by the week or whatever but i think last year or the year before uh no that's not true james harden has been crazy doesn't matter 29 points per game some years that will lead the league in scoring you know i'm pretty sure that we've had absolutely yeah on that same subject in terms of like every single year bringing it um and i i know i said i was going to start off with uh playoff stuff but this is just a stupid stat to me a stupid indicator of the longevity of dominance for him and the consistency of dominance. So how many times would you guess that like Kevin Durant has led the league in scoring? Kevin Durant's probably the most, the contemporary crazy, amazing scorer of our era right now. Right. So, I mean, a couple few times, uh, like I, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know, but totally, a couple totally. few, two, three. So you're, you're on the right track. He's got four. And so that is the most besides Jordan and will, right. Is, uh-huh. uh, Durant, George Gervin, and Allen Iverson all have four. Um, okay. So for for a different example, Kobe, who people or Shaq, who people call like the, the most dominant and everything like that, have two. Okay. Uh huh. Jordan led the league in scoring ten times, oh, and he did gosh. it yeah. every year except for the one year that he was playing baseball consecutively. Basically, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. The this guy, sounds very much like my great or Wayne Gretzky episode. <laughs> right, right. So Jordan, his first two seasons, his first year of the league, he averages 28 points a game uh, as a rookie, which is a totally normal number for a rookie. If, if, if a rookie averaged 28 today, <laughs> Jeff, we would have a, we'd have seizures. Oh, <laughs> we'd be man. falling over ourselves. Um, and I understand that he was a slightly older rookie than all, like sure. most of the rookies. Sure. sure, but still. His second year in the league, he breaks his foot in like the first week of the season and then comes back for uh, another, or not the first week, the first month of the season, and then comes back for like 12 games or something at the very end of the season where he's playing very limited minutes. So the this 86 season is, a, is kind of a wash. But from then on out, so starting from his third year until 1998, his last year as a bull, he won the scoring championship every single year. The one exception in that is the 95 season when he comes back in the middle after playing baseball. But so from the time he's 23 to the time he's 34 and he retires from the Bulls for the second time, he's the best scorer in the league. From the time that I was a four-year-old kid until I literally remember him playing the Jazz <laughs> in the finals. Yep. Uh, which yep. I'm very, I'm, I feel very honored to have been able to have done. 
which Definitely. I can't imagine you do because like you you have to be. That's where my three years has to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. No, there. I, I I have memories of watching him as a kid, but I was like I was I, I think I was seven. So like you're totally right. I, I mean I'm I'm at a very very young stage of it. I just have like memories of being at my grandpa's house and all this stuff, and my family yeah. got together. Yeah, but I have rem- I have I have memories of watching him beat the Jazz. Anyways, go ahead. S- seven year old memories are not real memories. It's like oh yeah yeah I I know I know about that, <laughs> but. Okay, so he scored. He basically the best scorer in the league from the third season into the end of his freaking career, or the end of his mm-hmm. primary career as a bull. The other thing that you might say about him, uh, I'll, I'll circle back on the consistency and talking about the four bad series that I think that people like to cite. Uh, the other detraction you'll hear from Jordan is that he's not as all-rounded or as well-rounded as uh, Bird and Johnson and LeBron. And the main thing that I think people really mean with this is they don't they don't think he's as good of a playmaker and they don't think that he rebounds as much. Because he's probably the best defender of the three. You can make it you can definitely make an argument that LeBron's a better yeah. defender. Um, but Jordan won a defensive player of the year award coming out of college, Bobby Knight, who is a like a renowned hard ass uh got to coach him in the uh, for the Olympic team, the USA team and said that he's the best defender, he's he, the best defender in the game. And that he's the best player he's ever seen, which, you know, he said that about a 21-year-old. Uh, yeah. So if you're talking about his all-around, his well-roundedness, you're probably talking about how he fits as a playmaker and as a rebounder. But I think that this is a flawed thing where people are just looking and saying, oh, well, Jordan averaged six rebounds and six assists, and LeBron averaged seven and seven. And Magic averaged, I don't even know. I mean, I don't have Magic stats up in front of me, but it's like you know, 12 assists Something and crazy. eight rebounds. Yeah. yeah. But like magic's significantly higher assist numbers. But the, the difference here is that Jordan didn't play a traditional facilitator role in an offense. And then the other thing well, is that and a lot de- of the years that he played were with teammates that excelled in those things. Exactly. Like, like especially in the latter half of his career, like, Especially if you're talking about rebounds, I mean, one of the most ridiculous rebounding statistic people ever was like was from '95 or four or whatever it was till '98 or I don't know. Yep, like 90, it, yeah, 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 100. It's '96 to '98 that he's playing with Rodman. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that's a yeah to correct you. Just that you're exactly right. He's finishing his career next to one of the greatest rebounders of all times. Totally right, and, I, and that 100 percent detracts from your ability to get rebounds. Right? There's an opportunity cost to that. Which isn't a bad thing. You want Rodman no, on your yeah, team. Oh yeah, let him but... do his thing. Yeah, that's why <laughs> yeah. he was on the team. <laughs> but the same, the same philosophy is true of playmaking, right? So only one guy gets to be your initiator, your offensive initiator, and every single season, the team, the player, or the team, or the players with the most assists is a point guard. Every single season, and that's sort of been bucked recently by LeBron and James Harden. But LeBron and James Harden both play. As like a pseudo point guard, I was they literally play- going to say pseudo uh, pseudo one, yeah, like yeah, they are the, who initiates the sets, who has the ball in their hands as the the majority of the possession yeah. or more yeah. than everybody else, yeah, exactly right. So, and I I think that we literally have evidence that Jordan could have done this. So Jordan plays his whole career as a shooting guard. Okay, um, plays in college as a shooting guard, plays in high school as a shooting guard. It's basically just he's a shooting guard. Grows up idolizing uh, various wings, uh, but basically is a wing his whole career. In 1988, his point guard gets hurt. Or sorry, 80, the 88-89 season. 
he's playing under Doug Collins, who is a basically a Michael like super fan, <laughs> as far as I can tell. Uh, like, and, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil this, Nick. This is the this is the year that he basically got to do that, right? Like he yeah. got like the thumbs up. Like, hey, you know what? Based on what we have right now, you are literally everything. So everything right. goes through you. Exactly right. Exactly. Exactly. A hundred percent right. Yeah. And so he gets one season of like, hey, you're going to be point guard now, just for a little bit, just for <laughs> fifty games. We're just going to experiment with it. He's never done this before in his career. And he averages 32, 32 points, eight rebounds, and eight assists for the season. Which, yeah. if you put that right now, that would be you just talk about an MVP point guard, right? Like we'd be talking about it. Oh, like, absolutely. That's, that's that's Derek Rose, but with like seven more points a game. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's Derek Rose's point, MVP season. MVP just, point guard from not the point guard position. Right. Exactly. And who's never done it before? And I even think that just saying those numbers is kind of underselling it. And I apologize for all my advanced stats out there. I don't have the assist percentage up, uh, up for us. But um, but if you limit that to just January on, because I know that the switch happened mid-season. I, don't, I didn't pull up during, for this um, when the exact date of the switch is. So I apologize that this is kind of cherry-picked. I just picked a point in time on, on basketball reference. But if you just cherry-pick that for January on, it's actually nine assists a game. And eight rebounds still, oh but gosh. nine assists a game. Yeah. And there's a stretch in there where he has eleven, or he has uh, 10 triple doubles in 11 games. And that's talking about Russell Westbrook, but more efficient with more points. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're talking this. Yeah. I don't know what, what else you, you want. And for 54 games, he averaged 31, 9, and 8. Man. When just thrown in. And I think this is actually when he's not as complete of a player as he became under Phil Jackson. You can see if you watch like video analysis, uh, like, you know, as uh, the super nerds of us do, that he kind of develops a more well-rounded post game and he plays off ball more and his jump shot improves like Mm -hmm. gradually just a little over his career. But before that, he was able to pick the league apart as a as a playmaker as well. So we have this, these, all these examples today of players who seem more well-rounded. And it's not just LeBron. I don't want to just make this seem like LeBron. But, and nobody says that Giannis or James Harden or uh, Luka Doncic are better players than him. But you might be inclined to think, oh, these guys are more well-rounded. They can average 30 points and get seven assists or eight assists or whatever it is. Well, Jordan could have too. He just didn't play that role. Back then, yeah. players weren't really doing that. And they fired that coach like a year and a half later. So like, I don't know. Um, well, and but, not to mention that was a, a good two decades before this era of player existed even hundred percent. And 100%. he just impromptu did it back right. uh, forever ago. Like it's just, that is crazy. Yep. And, and on top of all that, uh, the dude, like by stepping away from being that, that offensively or that dominant, of the, or that being that ball dominant, you enable Scottie Pippen, whose best qualities are his passing and his ball handling mm-hmm. and his playmaking off the dribble, to be himself, to be have the most impact that he could have. And, you know, Jordan stepping off the ball, um, and you can tell me that he didn't really play off the ball and he still initiated a lot of sets. Totally, I, I, I get that. He, he played in the triangle. The triangle is weird. It has a lot of players initiating a lot of sets, yada, yada. He's still averaging 33, 31, 32, whatever, and six assists. It's not like he's giving up a ton, but by stepping off ball, he's still an incredibly high-impact player, but he lets Scottie Pippen have his share of impact, and I think that's a really valuable thing that you don't see as much from 
these other crazy ball dominant players is the ability to fit next to other offensive superstars. So let me let me dive into one of the things that I think is also not really, uh, or one of the things that people kind of misconstrue. I think that there's a, a contingent of fans who like to say that, oh, when you're talking about like the LeBrons of the world and like why you don't think LeBron is as good as Jordan. And I apologize that I keep bringing up LeBron. I think that he's the, the real person that people compare to Jordan. Yeah. Uh, besides Kareem and Bill Russell, who have their own separate arguments. And I'm not going to go in to tackle those because I don't think that they're as easy to tackle. Uh, and I also don't th- think this is a comprehensive argument. But regardless, um, the, the, the LeBron comparison, usually what people feel is like the detraction of LeBron and how they counter that detraction is that they'll say, oh, you're just talking about one bad series. LeBron had one bad series against the Mavericks in 2011, and what's the big deal? And I get that. If one bad series is not to find a career, LeBron still puts his team in position to win championships for years and years and years and years and whatever. But I think that the biggest distinction is that Jordan's game, which was very difficult shot, uh, difficult shot oriented, which was very physical, but it was also very well-rounded. He was a slasher. He played off ball. He posted, he beat people off the dribble. He beat people with the mid range. And then eventually he even beat people a little bit from distance. I think that that is a much more well-rounded foundation to beat the best defenses and stay keeping high impact consistently than any other contemporary wing. And you can see this in that there are bad series from basically every other great, uh, great, great perimeter player. Magic Johnson has the 84 finals where he got nicknamed Tragic Johnson. And <laughs> I, th- yeah, uh, and, yeah. And I think there's a small like uh, overreaction there of the old school media uh, and stuff. Yeah. But, but in game seven of, of the, of the 84 finals, he goes five for 14 and seven turnovers. And that's a little rough. Okay. Not, okay. not ideal. And in the 83 finals, he goes, uh, or he shoots 40% and averages six turnovers a game and has a game where he goes three for 12, another game where he goes eight for 21. I mean, so Magic does not start off with the most resilient offense. Larry Bird, it's uh, the 82 final or 82 Eastern Conference uh, playoffs against the Philadelphia as well. Larry basically has one good scoring or has no good scoring games this game. This He goes the entire series, series where his yeah. series high in the game... It, is 20 points and he shot 40 percent as well also against the sixers also against a great defense but you you can't you can't there's no instances of of jordan averaging 17 points for a season or for a series because his offense was that much more resilient it may not you may not be able to quantitatively say if you just look at career overall stuff that he's significantly more impactful but i can say for sure that i think he's more resilient because you can't find like two games in a row where Jordan didn't score 20 points, much less find a whole series where he didn't do it four times. Let me, let me uh, leave the Jordan thing with this. If you're a doubter of Jordan's consistency, check out, uh, actually look at the, uh, the Pistons series that people talk about against bad boy Pistons and actually look at the, uh, the magic series that everyone talks about. They're not really bad series. And that is a thing that delineates him between him and all of the others in a different way. It's not the only thing to me, but it's, it's a really cool thing. But you're totally right. Can you right, check that but, on YouTube or where can you oh, yeah, see that? Yeah, you can check you, on, all on of the these YouTubes. Stuff. Yeah, and Real GM. Uh, there's a website called Real GM, and they have a lot of archived uh, 
footage that they basically just link to YouTube or they give you uh, download links and stuff. But yeah. Awesome. Well, Nick, I uh, this has been a lot of fun. If you would like, you can check out uh, scmessentials.com. Use the uh, offer code TYWSAP at checkout to save 10%. But, uh, you know, we, we have lots of other things, too. If you want to, you can uh, follow us on... At TyWSAP on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. But there's something we don't do. What don't we do? We don't do Snapchat. Uh, I've I've looked into it. I still can't tell what it is. Uh, but we don't currently do Snapchat. Jeff. Jeff. Yes, I, Dick. You may actually be much, much older than me. You you don't know what Snapchat is? Uh, we're not getting into it. Okay. Um, <laughs> if you would like to support the show, you can check us out at uh, patreon.com slash TYWSAP. Or you can get to that exact same place uh, going to TYWSAP.com. We are absolutely, uh, you know, baffled and very gracious to all of our uh, Patreon supporters. It uh, is uh, for what it's worth. Our Patreon supporters right now are getting another, uh, a more off the cuff podcast. I say that as I just went off this like thirty minute long rant, so it's probably less off the cuff than than I feel like it is. But that is what our uh, Patreon supporters are getting right now from us. Yeah, and if, if that's something you're interested interested in, you can check us out. Uh, but more than anything, and I will reiterate this probably every single time uh, we we plug anything on our show. We'd if love it if you, you could just share with a friend. If you have a person who you think would ha- enjoy listening to our show, please share it with them. Like that, Jeff, you said that very seriously. No, no, no. <laughs> well, okay. Like, but I agree I, with you. I say that jokingly. Nick, I have gotten so much of the enjoyment that I get on the week-to-week basis these days by recommendation. Uh, Nick, I, I have recommended things to you that you have spent – Hundreds of hours listening to. Hundreds uh, so of I, hours of my life. Hundreds of hours. Because of also, this man. If you can, if you can record this closely to your mic and at that volume, I think you'll, uh, you know, I, that, that's as good as it get right there. I, I, that's good stuff. But you're welcome. <laughs> anyways, Nick, I appreciate you taking the time and thank you for plotting with me. You're welcome. This has been the year we started the podcast. Thank you for listening. To me.